How's that? <laughs> yeah, okay. Let's start with prayer. Eh? Father, we thank you for today. Lord, this is the day that you have made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We just want to bless you today, our oh God. The words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be acceptable, our oh God, in your sight. In Jesus' name. Um, I've shared it before, but I'll share it again. And uh, I use it a lot. This is a proverb, and it speaks about four Indians, old men from India, and they're standing around an elephant. One may have the trunk, one may have the side, one may have the tail. And because they don't have understanding, because they've been blind, it's only when they share the peace that they have that they have a picture of what they're dealing with. All I'm going to do today is share a picture of what I have in relation to one word, faith. Okay? I want to talk about faith this morning. We're a word of faith church. So, yeah. So what is it? What is faith? I think it would be helpful to look at what it's not, to get an understanding of it, okay? Bearing in mind that the faith that I'm talking about is faith in God. Faith is not positive thinking. That's based on I can, I am able. It's not based on I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Huh? Faith is not a hunch that we follow. Faith is not hoping for the best, hoping that everything will turn out all right. Faith is not a feeling of optimism, nor does it have its basis in feelings. Faith doesn't have its basis in feelings. Faith in God has its basis in fact. If God says he will, that's a fact. He will. It will happen. Our faith in what he says causes it to happen. Faith in God has only one description in the Bible. And that's found in Hebrews 11.1. 1. The first seven verses of Hebrews 11 describe what faith is. The rest of the chapter describe how faith worked for ordinary people who believed God. By faith Noah, building an ark in a desert for over 100 years. You know, who's this idiot who's building a boat in the middle of a desert. That's what the people were thinking at the time. But he did it because he believed God. By faith he believed God. And God counted it upon that man as righteousness. Found faith in the eyes of the Lord. If you take Hebrews 11.1, 1, and Hebrews 11.6 and put them together, it gives us a description of what faith is. Faith is the substance 
of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Verse 6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, that God is, and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That's the only place in the Bible where faith is described as a description of what faith is. Romans 12.3 speaks about a measure of faith. We've been each given a measure of faith to do what God has called us to do. Romans 10.17 says, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So we can grow our faith. As we grow in the Lord, we can grow our faith in order to do what God has called us to do because God has called us with a purpose. So hearing, receiving, then applying the word will increase our faith. Okay? Receiving may be to do with what, where, when, how. Save the why for heaven. Don't ask God why. Ask God, what are you trying to teach me in this? Ask the Holy Spirit when he gives us a passage or something in relation to the word of God. Ask the Holy Spirit, what are you trying to teach me in this? You know, I was fortunate when I was a young Christian um, there was a man that took me aside and loved me into the kingdom of God. You know, the Bible says, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Okay? So unless we're born again, we cannot see God's kingdom. We do not know what he has in store for us. To be born again in the natural as a baby, so it doesn't matter how old we are, when we come to the Lord, we come as babes. I've got a few scriptures from Peter to share this morning. Richard's in here, but it's okay. <laughs> Therefore, him. Um, 1 Peter 2 speaks about as newborn babes. Desire the pure spiritual milk of the word whereby ye may grow. That is the purpose of shed before. Often the purpose of life is to grow. That's how God designed things. If you look back in the beginning, he designed things to grow. The purpose of life. He made life to grow. Physically and spiritually, we are to grow up in the Lord. How will we grow up in the Lord? By his word. Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. So this man, I believe he had a gift. I believe if he didn't share that gift with me, I wouldn't be standing here today. He loved me into the kingdom of God. And you know, as babies, as young children, I was thinking about this because I was, over the holiday period, you know, I've seen a few young children. So what they want, 
something is new. They just want to go up and grab it. They want to touch it. Can I eat it? You know, curiosity. They just want to know. And it reminded me of me when I first came to the Lord. I wanted to know why everything. So I would go to this man and I'd say to him, you know, he'd share something or I'd hear something during the week and I'd say, why? Why is this? Why is that? He never told me why. All he did was give me a scripture and say, go home. Read that, meditate on it, come back and see me. So I did that. What that guy was doing was developing a desire in me for the Word of God. Okay? The questions that I asked were actually quite irrelevant. All they would have done was expand my grey matter. The scripture that he gave to me to meditate on were what I needed to know. Okay? The same as young children. You know, when you mother and father them in the Lord, young Christians, you're giving to them what they need to know. They're going to ask you. you know, they might hear a message and say, well, what was that all about? No. Don't give them what they want. Give them what they need to know in order that they will grow. Okay? I'm keeping these notes so that I don't digress. Because <laughs> it's very easy to... Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things which are revealed and disclosed belong to us and to our children forever, so that we may do all of the words of this law. Don't seek after the secret things of God. Okay? There's plenty in what he has already revealed. We learn by revelation. We learn by what God has given to us. Mysteries. The scriptures speak of mysteries. There's quite a few that Paul speaks of. God showed Paul a lot of mysteries in scripture. We only know those mysteries if God reveals them. To us, You won't get it in universities, you won't get it anywhere else. You won't get it through science because they are God-given things. They are revelation from him. Okay? Recently, um, my family went to my sister-in-law's unveiling. Um... <clears throat> It was great. She passed away in March of this year. My brother wanted to have the unveiling at Christmas time because there was a lot of family at home. We got up there and uh, it was her wish, I never realised, but it was her wish that I take the service. And it was okay. <clears throat> In fact, it was a privilege. It's a privilege to speak to you this morning. 
1 Peter 3.15 says, Sanctify the Lord God in your heart. Be ready always to give an answer of the reason of the hope that is in you. Do it with meekness and with fear. We are always to be ready. But, you know, the beginning of that, sanctify the Lord God in your heart. You know, if that's happened, then it is natural to be able to share because it's in your heart. It's not a problem. It's always a privilege to follow my wife when we're sharing because when you go to things Māori, people get the opportunity to share. So she shares first, my wife will always bring the gospel. So all I needed to do was bring another aspect of the gospel. So I spoke from 1 Corinthians 15, verse 5. It says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. The trumpet will sound, and those who have died in Christ will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. It says the same thing in... 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16, that just backs it up. It says, brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. That's the blessed hope. That's what we have. That Paul is talking about is one of the mysteries. One of the mysteries that God has revealed. We wouldn't know it unless Paul revealed it to us. It's in the scriptures. Okay? Pastor Lisa shared on it this morning. Jesus is coming again. Okay? It's soon. It's going to be soon. Don't need to seek after the secret things. There's plenty that God has already revealed. And I believe, you know, if we seek those things, then maybe we will receive some of the whys that we want to know before we get to glory. Those are the secret things. The secret things that he will share with us when we get there. But there are things that we don't need to know. Right? So getting back to Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith substantiates what we cannot see. It brings substance to what God says. It makes the invisible visible. Substantiate, provide evidence to support or prove the truth of. What is one of the main enemies of faith? You know, you might say fear, 
doubt, unbelief. Yeah, all those things. The enemies of faith. But the main enemy of faith is these things. We walk by faith and not by sight. Okay? We walk by faith and not by sight. Numbers 13, 14, and it's been preached often in this fellowship before. It speaks about the spies, the 12 spies that God said to Moses to send into the promised land to get a report of what was happening there before they were to enter in. These 12 spies were all leaders of the 12 tribes. So they went in, they came back with the report. It is a land of milk and honey, just as God said. Ten of the 12 had a bad report. Ten of the 12 said it is a land full of milk and honey, they bought grapes with them that they had to carry. That was the plentifulness of the land. But they said, but there are giants in the land. We are not able to overcome them. And that was the word that spread throughout the whole nation of Israel that were waiting there. They didn't listen to the other two who went. Okay, the testimony of Caleb, one of them that went, was we are well able to, in God, to do what God has called us to do. But the people were convinced by that the team. Why? Because of what they saw. Not what, what God was saying. And it speaks about Caleb of having another spirit spirit different to the other people, a spirit that was after God. Second Corinthians 10 speaks of spiritual weapons, not carnal but mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. But the theme of that chapter is actually people in the church who were pulling down the teachings of Paul. If you read from the beginning and you read after it, these people were pulling down Paul's teaching. 2 Corinthians 10 and 12, it says, measuring themselves by themselves, comparing themselves with themselves is not wise. Hold that. Measuring themselves by themselves, comparing themselves is not wise. Like Paul, Caleb's confidence was in God's calling for him. Not in his own ability. Forty years after spying out the land, Caleb went in and claimed the portion that God had allocated to him. Forty years before, he walked that land. He walked, it speaks about in Joshua, everywhere you place the sole of your foot. I have given to you. Caleb walked over his inheritance 40 years prior to when he walked that land. He walked over the land of Hebron that was given to him. 
So he spent 40 years in the wilderness waiting for the promise of God. And when it finally happened, he went in and claimed his land. And the testimony of Caleb was he was as strong at the age of 80-odd as he was at the age of 40. The sustaining of God. The sustaining of God with his promises to us individually. God is no respecter of persons. If God gives you a promise, he will fulfill it. We just need to hold on to it by faith. Hebrews 11, 6, faith in God pleases God. So if faith is pleasing to God, what is displeasing to God? Again, looking at the opposites helps us to understand. Proverbs 6, 16, this is the amplified version. There are six things the Lord hates. Indeed, seven are repulsive to him. A proud look, the attitude that makes one overestimate oneself and discount others. A lying tongue and hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that creates wicked plans. Feet that run swiftly to evil. A false witness who breathes out lies, even half-truths. And one who spreads discord, rumours among brothers. Very easy to see why God hates these things. They are completely anti to his nature and they oppose faith. Okay? They oppose faith. They will actually rob you of and destroy your faith associating with such people. Interesting. Three of the seven things proceed from our mouth. Two of them involve lying. The last, spreading discord, is gossip or murmuring. By your words you will be justified and by your words you will be condemned, Jesus says. By the testimony of their own words, the generation that perished in the wilderness, we may as well have gone back to Egypt. Why has God taken us out here in the wilderness? If you go through and read those chapters, you see the greatness of some of the people that God called. You know, the, the heroes of faith that it talks about in the rest of chapter 11. You see what Moses did as a leader of the people in relation to those people. You see what Abraham did as a leader of God's people in relation to his people. Moses pleaded for the people. God wanted to destroy them and start again, like Noah. But Moses pleaded with God. So God said, I'm sick of these people because they don't obey what I say. They have seen miracles. I have brought them out of Egypt. They have seen untold miracles. But well, they decide not to go in 
to the land. So that generation will perish in the wilderness because of their unbelief. Only two people entered the promised land, Joshua and Caleb, because they had a different spirit. They had a spirit of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Without faith it is impossible to please God, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is God and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. One Corinthians thirteen speaks about God's love, how God loves. From verse 4 it says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonour others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes always perseveres. Love never fails. Think about that description in relation to what God hates. Weigh them. That's how God loves. I was thinking this morning as I was reading through that and that scripture in verse 13 says These three things remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. The Bible doesn't put things in order for a reason. Okay, so it starts there with faith. And then it says hope. And then it says love. Faith, hope, and love. And then the Bible says the greatest of these is love. Think about the description in Hebrews 11. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So, things that we hope for in God, okay? Applying our faith will bring to us God's love. Faith, hope, love, abide. The greatest of these is love. The greatest thing for us is the love of God in our lives. It comes from our faith. God manifests his love through our faith in him. The promises that are in God are manifested through our faith, our believing in him and applying what he says to us. Can we have that up, Holly? I was going to ask you all to move closer so that you can read this. <laughs> My New Year's revelation for the year, I normally post a, a reading. Okay? I've done it every day for years. Simply because the Word of God meets you where you're at. 
I read the same thing every day, but I get a different interpretation of it the same day the next year because that's what the Word of God should do for us. If we're getting the same thing, maybe we're not growing. What is the purpose of life in God? To grow. So I decided this year that every Sunday I will post reflections on what God has given to me over the years. Because 52 is a lot less than 350. (laughs) So I thought I'll just start with every Sunday. Okay? So I'll read this out. Matthew 13, 9, He who has ears to hear, let him hear and heed my words. I'll give you an exercise. Go through the New Testament and look at how many times this phrase appears. Then look at what happens before it and what comes after it. As well, have a look and see how many times the word hear, listen, or words of similar meaning are mentioned in Matthew chapter 13, 1 to 23. What prevents us from hearing? This passage gives a few causes, but listening is an attitude. One determines to listen. One of the main objectives in good communication is listening. Do you listen to learn something, or do you just listen to respond? Do you listen to assess what's actually being said, or listen to wait for an opportunity to respond with what you know? Do you listen to see if you can better yourself by what you are hearing? Not all you hear requires a response, besides acknowledging the fact that you have heard. And having heard and considered whether or not it is beneficial putting what you have heard into practice. In the area of hearing, the Hebrew people had not completed the process of hearing until they put what they heard into practice. Christianity is about hearing Jesus and putting what we hear from him into practice. I don't think he needs our opinion. Do you? If faith cometh by hearing the word of God, then why does it not come to all who hear it? I hope I have given you a few reasons why it doesn't come to everybody. It's how we hear. It's how we hear. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It brings about his love. Okay? Brings about his love. Faith, hope, and love abide. The greatest of these is love. John 3.16. Okay. Hebrews 11.6. Without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is God and the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Faith trusts God. Faith trusts God. I don't know, uh, looking around there, uh, I believe most of us here know the Lord. But 
there's always an opportunity. Yeah, and that opportunity is given. Um, if you don't know the Lord, and you would like to know him, you would like to know the Saviour, come and see me after one of the leadership. I'm, I'm going to leave it there. And I thank you for the opportunity. Um, yeah. Thank you, Church. <laughs>